Hi, I'm JP Silk, class of 87 slash 88, and you're watching Dingo Talk. What's going on, Chuckleheads? I am Carlo Guadagnino. This is the Dingo Talk Alumni Tour. My guest this week is JP Silk, class of 1987 slash 88. We're going to talk about everything from JP not being the strongest student, that coming into play in his career, where he doesn't necessarily suggest worrying about the academic side and more about the experience, and everything in between. Um, make sure if you haven't yet, follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, subscribe to the YouTube channel. But without further ado, JP Silk. You wanna know by now. You wanna know by now. You wanna know by now. You wanna know, you wanna What's going on, Chuckleheads? I am Carla Guadagnino. This is the Dingo Talk Alumni Tour. My guest this week, JP Silk, class of 1987 slash 88. Uh, JP, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, thank you for having me. How are you? I'm great. It's, uh, it's a little brisk outside, so I'm glad we're doing this in the studio. But uh, other than that, how's, how's life up your way? Doing pretty well. Uh, from Garden City, New York, uh, Long Island, basically. Born and raised, and uh, we're doing well. So how does a guy from Garden City, New York, find his way to this corner of Brook County? Uh, would you believe a Bethanian ever since I was three? Probably not. Well, I've had a couple of those that I've met. Not, not very many, but so how Well, I, I wasn't one of them either. Um, what happened was uh, I was not the best student in high school. I was a really bad student and couldn't get into any of my choices in college. And uh, one of the representatives from Bethany came to my school. I Thought she was very nice and what she had to offer about the communications courses uh, with radio and television. I was very happy with that. And uh, the only way I could get into Bethany though was uh, not a lie, but a truth that was stretched. Basically, I told them I graduated in the top 25 of my class and they accepted me on that information. Um, there was only 23 people in my senior class. <laughs> so you did. Yes, <laughs> I was in the top 25 of my class. Do you want to share what number you actually were? Can you guess? 23. Correct. <laughs> so yes, I was not the best student in high school and I was definitely not the best student uh, in my college career either. So in your college career, you, there was no questions you were going to be a communications. That's was, that was your field that you were coming in with. Yes. Ever since I was a little kid, I sat in front of the television and that's what I loved and uh, watched sports, watched news, watched, uh, you know, all four networks that we had at the time in the seventies and sixties. And that was it. I wanted to be in television, probably not in front of the camera, not with this mug. But uh, I knew I wanted to be behind the camera, part of the control room atmosphere. So what was your experience like as a freshman when you come into the to the comm department? I mean, it would be 83, right? It was in 83, fall of 83, correct. Uh, well, let me explain. Uh, the drive down was interesting. Coming from Garden City, Long Island, a little culture shock. Um, wasn't sure what I was getting into. My father... Uh, put me at ease saying there's about 2,725 people at Bethany and uh, they're all in the same boat at one way, one time or another. And he was right. So I was still very nervous. Uh, we unpacked, 
got to the uh, third floor of Moreland Hall and uh, it was friendship ever since. And so you said you struggled academically or wasn't, weren't the best student academically. Was it? No, uh, I was intimidated my freshman year. I had Hal Shaver, Dr. Shaver was uh, my teacher. Um, I was not a good reader and he had a lot of reading to do. Uh, I thought his uh, topics were extremely interesting. I loved listening to it. I just didn't test very well. Um, mm -hmm. And there was assignments and homework you had to do. And I'd rather, you know, walk to campus, go get a bite to eat, um, maybe a drink or two at Bubba's. I, you know, go to the radio station, whatever. I, I avoided the work big time. I'd rather have the experience than the, the curriculum. Well, and let's, let's, so let's talk about the experience. Social-wise, what was the social life aspect like for you during your time at Bethany? Okay, interesting. Uh, it, it, was, uh, it was busy. Uh, there were many clubs everywhere. Um, my roommate in, uh, yeah, in college, was uh, he was a soccer player. Uh, I thought about joining the soccer team, but I just didn't have the ability. Um, so I, I basically tried to get into the radio station. Mm -hmm. There was probably 30 people on staff at the radio station. They were all assigned shifts of, uh, you know, radio shifts, on-air shifts, and uh, management shifts. And I was fortunate enough to get the shift of jazz, late night jazz at 11 o'clock at night. Had no idea what jazz was. What, <laughs> couldn't tell you two artists, but uh, you know, as I say, you try to uh, try to milk the way, and it worked out pretty good. So, you go from being on the eleven o'clock spot on the radio station with the jazz with, with jazz music. Where does your calm career take you here at Bethany? Well, here it is. Uh, the story it was jazz was a uh, fall of '83, spring of '84. Okay. In my sophomore year, um, the fall of 84, there was an uprising at the radio station. Uh, a lot of people left the radio station. Why? Therefore, there was a ton of openings. And I grabbed the morning show uh, that, that started at uh, 7 in the morning to 9 in the morning, mm -hmm. Monday through Friday. Prime so I, It was. And I worked hard at it. Probably wasn't very good to listen about, but you know, I'm a student. What am, what am I going to do? I gave it my all. I really concentrated my full experience on this. So it was five days a week. I had two different hosts, uh, both fraternity brothers of mine. And uh, we put on the best show we possibly could. Um, and the clock, I was exhausted and skipped a lot of classes, unfortunately. And so um, the sophomore year, First semester sophomore year, my grades were awful. And uh, they, Bethany people, uh, Dean Cunningham, in fact, nice guy, like him a lot. He, uh, he invited me not to attend second semester sophomore year. Wow. Yeah, yeah, my grades were that bad and I totally understood, I got it. Um, but I had a hell of an experience in the communications department at that point. Can you talk a little bit about what was the uprising that caused the mass exodus of the department? I do not know. It was, uh, I want to say there were just two groups that just 
didn't agree on a certain topic or something. I'm not sure. I don't remember. I just knew I didn't care which group I was part of. I'm staying at the radio station just because I knew I was going to get the experience I needed. So once you get, um, so you took a semester off then, correct? Correct. Yes. What was the, for the people that maybe have gone through that experience or are going to go through it this coming upcoming semester uh, as it winds down, what was your plan of attack when you went home? Did you go to- Well, I went home and I uh, took a couple classes at the community college in uh, my local area. Uh, one was public speaking. Mm -hmm. uh, I had a great time doing that. Uh, as, as everyone knows, public speaking is a very nervous class. A lot of people get uh, um, very nervous about that class, but uh, I embraced it, had a lot of fun with it. Uh, and Bethany then took me back for another semester. And that was fun. Um, then, so I came a junior year, first semester. And that's when I did uh, the radio station as well as the TV station there. I got involved with TV3 at the time. Okay. And so was your TV experience, was that where you really got behind the camera and wanted to like the, do the TV and lighting and, and yeah, that Yeah, um, back in the day at the TV station, we actually had a news show. So it was a half hour news show we did Monday through, uh, I think it's it started at either six or seven o'clock at night. And um, we had a whole staff that, mm -hmm. that uh, we, we were a team. We went out in a, as a remote during the day, shot stories, came back, put the uh, packages together. We edited packages, boring stories, I'm sure to the uh, viewer, but uh, great experience for us. And then we put it on air each and every night. And it was an amazing experience led by uh, Russell. And so you brought up that you, you're a member of a fraternity. What fraternity were you a part of here, Beth? I was in Phi Kappa Tau. Okay. And, yep, up and on the why, why Phi Tau? Why was that where you? Great story. Uh, a very good friend of mine uh, back in the day, and who is my best friend now. Uh, we were torn between Phi Tau and Beta because we had friends in both places. And we decided to go to Bubba's, have a couple of beers. And uh, we flipped a coin and it came up heads, which was Beta. And then we said, uh, how about two out of three? And that's <laughs> when we decided, let's do Phi Tau. Um, so but either, either would have been a great choice. And, and Greek life back then, it was a lot of parties, a lot of social aspects, a lot of philanthropy work going on in the community. Can you talk a little bit about all of that? Yeah, there were rivalries uh, with, the, with the fraternities, but nothing very negative. It was just good time rivalry. Uh, we, as uh, I was thinking earlier today, uh, we had a rivalry with Beta. We had a rivalry with uh, Delta. But it was only against the name, not the people in the fraternities. We, we really enjoyed the, uh, the friendship in the fraternities as well. So we all had one common goal on campus. And that was just to everyone graduate and everyone to push each other to just be better people. And it, it was a good, uh, good overall goals. Uh, you spoke of philanthropy. Uh, I don't recall any. <laughs> uh, it happens. I mean. Yeah. Um, so I'm you, sure we raised a couple of money, you know, a couple of dollars with a cake sale or a car wash. I don't remember. Um, so you talked about Bubba's. What was the Bubba's experience like 
through the eighties. Cause again, you have, you have a lot of bands coming through here as well doing shows. So I'm sure the, so we'll get to that part of social life, but sure. That don't know or don't remember Bubba's because I'm sure there's a lot of us out there that had times where we went to Bubba's. We know we went there, but we don't necessarily remember being there. <laughs> right. Um, Bubba's uh, was, it was a legendary place. Um, back in the day, the drinking age was 18 slash 19, I believe. Um, so basically anybody could just go in there and have a good time and I didn't spend a lot of time in there. It's, it sounds like I did, but I really didn't. But the times I did go there, I, I had a great time. People were well behaved. Uh, it was fun, you know, a little pool here, little darts here. Well, and then on the other side of the social aspect, because I know during through the other people that I've had on from the the '80s collection, um, the bands that came to Bethany. Who are some of the the bands and performers that you can remember getting the opportunity to see here? uh let's see the great kin band was there uh they were fun um let's see uh i'm trying to remember we didn't have a lot of great bands when uh in my time okay um but if i remember i'll come back to that okay um well, we've come to the point of the, the Chamber's topic, uh, and I'm going to try something new this week. Thank you. Thank you for the suggestion. So we're going to test it out with you. Um, oh, Lord. Any story that comes to mind with, chain, with, with the store, going down for breakfast sandwiches or, or anything of that aspect? Um, yeah, I, had, uh, I was very fortunate enough to have a few more dollars than other people did. So I spent a lot of money in there. And I hope he appreciated that. That was, you know, so I would walk away with about 30 to $50 worth of groceries every week. And you wouldn't believe the amount of cheese whiz that I could find in that <laughs> store. Cheese whiz and bread. That was the, that was it. That was what you needed. To and and Coca-Cola, a lot of Coca-Cola, bags of Doritos. It was a it was a trip. It was a lot of fun. Well, as we were talking about, this is Chambers General Store, which is who we're going to send it to as our sponsor. Uh, Chambers, if they don't have it, you don't need it. It's on the back of your shirt. Make sure if you're in Bethany, get to the store, order the, or buy the shirt. If not, go to their Facebook and order the shirts. Um, they got everything: breakfast sandwiches, you got biscuits and gravy. Now it's that time of the year. Soups are back. Uh, lunch special every day. First Friday of every month is fish, and you get you get to walk into a store that's not really seen as much anymore in in our society these days. But uh, this is the Big I Talk Alumni Tour. I am Carlo Guadagnino. My guest JP Soap, class of 1987/88, and we will be right back. While you're in Bethany, make sure you stop in the store for a daily lunch special, breakfast sandwiches all day, try out the biscuits and gravy, guaranteed it'll fill you up, and also look for our new burnt orange chambers, if we don't have it, you don't need it t-shirts, and our psychedelic green third edition Bethany mushroom capital of the world t-shirts. Now back to you, Dingo. 
What's going on, Chuckleheads? I am Carlo Guadagnino. This is the Dingo Talk Alumni Tour. My guest, J.P. Silk, class of 1987 88. Um, and we left off, we, were, we had covered most of the things that happened at Bethany, and we had asked a question about the bands that had come here. And I believe you had one that popped into your head during the break. So Yeah, during break. Yeah, I, uh, I forgot that uh, we enjoyed the Ramones coming to, uh, to campus. Uh, Ramones was a big uh, group that uh, I followed back in New York um, at CBGB's. Um, they had songs like I Want to Be Sedated and Rockaway Beach and uh, Rock and Roll High School. Um, and, you know, I, I saw them one time play in front of a, a crowd of like three, four thousand people. And then three weeks later, they played at Bethany in, in front, front of like 40 people. So I was lucky enough to interview them. And I remember after the, after the concert, I went up to Joey Ramon and I said, isn't it a little weird that you're in the mountains? It's a little different from New York. And he goes, yeah, it's all the same to me. The drugs are, drugs are the same, whether you're in New York or West Virginia, it's the same effect, it doesn't matter. As long as he, got, as long as he has a stage and, and the party favors, he's good to go. Right. Exactly. And then he wanted to know where he could get more. And I was like, come out. I can't help you there, sir. No, man, that's not my scene. I can't. <laughs> um, so we've also come to the point of the, uh, we, as we do every week in part two, uh, that test, that damn test that connects all of us as, as Bethanians, uh, comps. So were you a spring or a winter comper? Uh, unfortunately, I was a, a spring person right before graduation. And, and um, what was your studying like? Because you said that, that that was a you didn't test well. So no, I did not test well. I never tested well at Bethany. I did better in my communications courses, uh, you know, other than uh, the sciences or the math courses. But I still didn't do very well. Mm -hmm. And I actually did. Uh, I tried to study hard with all my really bad notes for comps. And uh, I got the infamous phone call after written. They told me, Hal Shaver called me. Uh, I'll never forget that. I was expecting the call. Yeah. And he said, uh, yeah, you have your orals uh, tomorrow. Just want to let you know, it doesn't look good. I don't even know if you really want to show up to orals, but let us know if you do. Um, but it's going to be a long shot. Maybe you could practice your orals you know, tomorrow, come show up, practice maybe for next time. And I was like, okay, I'll do the best I can. And uh, it was uh, Hal Shaver was in there and it was uh, Jim Carty. And I don't know who the third person was, but uh, it actually went very well and I passed. Now, now, what are the feelings that you're going through when you get that type of call? You know, you get that call and it's not that you're, you're on the cusp, it's I don't even know if you should show up. Yeah. Uh, well, once I, I hid that from my parents pretty well, because I wasn't getting bad news if I didn't know the bad news already. Yes. So I wasn't going to, I wasn't stressed out about it. I knew I had to, to uh, approach that down the road if, uh, if I fail, mm -hmm. but we'll see what happens. I don't, I, the word worry is out of my vocabulary. I cannot worry about something uh and, and have some kind of effect in a positive way the word worry is out of my vocabulary it gets in the way of anything positive 
which I'm sure makes things without, with eliminating the worry, it makes things more rational and easier to just get to the point and get it, get, get it done. Correct. So you pass. I passed. What is the, what is your initial walkout party reaction or? It was kind of lonely since I basically told people not to show up. (laughs) (laughs) So I went across the street to the barn, got a club sandwich and a Coke and hung out for a while. And so you go through graduation. When, what is the next step? After you walk across the stage and give you your diploma, what's the next step for JP? Uh, I, I went home um, after that. Actually, I stayed a, a couple of days at the Greenbrier down south in West Virginia. Great place to stay. Um, then went home and I took a driving tour from uh, New York uh, through through the Upper North. I, I drove through, uh, let's see, New Haven, mm-hmm. and then through Canada to Michigan, then Indianapolis, and then back through Pittsburgh, trying to knock on doors. That's how we got jobs back in the day. Resume in hand, dressed in a tie, knock on doors. Uh, so I had a few interviews that just didn't do well. I didn't get the job. And then uh, it's, it's who you know. And my brother's friend offered me a job on a show called Taddinger's on NBC, which is basically a production assistant job. Um, and that lasted only about eight to 10 weeks, but it was an amazing experience. We worked 12 to 16 hour days. Uh, the cast members were amazing. It was uh, people like Stephen Collins and Blythe Danner, who was married to Bruce Paltrow at the time, who was the executive producer. Uh, and he had their kids on set. Uh, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow was on set, age of 15, and her brother, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jerry Stiller from Seinfeld and King of Queens. He was, uh, he was a cast member. And I got to know these people, and they were great people. Now, can I ask you, what's Jerry, what was Jerry Stiller like? Because, I mean, he's, he's, he's a whole lot to deal with. He oh, was man. old back then. <laughs> and what surprised me about him... A little known fact, I'll give it to the Bethany people right now. Here's a scuttlebutt. We had cue cards, normal cue cards for all the actors. His cue cards were huge because he couldn't see anything or remember anything. <laughs> so he was good on our show, but when he got a job on Seinfeld and King Queens, I was absolutely floored that they had the patience to, to handle him on the studio with his, you know, he was upcoming in age, but he was still a great man to be around, very funny. He was, he cared. He, he cared about everybody, crew and cast uh, alike, equally. So from, from that eight to 10 weeks, what's the next step? Um, my father knew somebody at a local TV station in New York. Uh, he knew the, I guess, the station manager and he said, can you just give my son an interview? I'll put him in a jacket and tie. I'm just asking for five minutes. And that's what we did. We put in a jacket and tie. I don't even know if it was clean or not. But, um, and uh, I just became uh, an assistant there and then uh, got to the next level of being uh, like an assistant editor on a show called um, A Current Affair with Maury Povich. And that's where I met my lovely bride who's upstairs now who just made me an amazing dinner. We've been married for 30 years. Uh, so yeah, we, we met at work. 
And do you still um, together? Is that? No, uh, after our second child was born six years later, she decided to stay at home. Uh, I ended my time at uh, Fox. And then I went to uh, USA Network in, when was it, 1992? And then uh, USA Network was then bought out by NBC, and that's when I've been there ever since. So it's kind of an ironic story for you that for eight to 10 weeks, you started with NBC, you leave, go to Fox, and then now end up back with NBC after they acquire USA Network. That is true. It's a diff different uh, animal, though. When I was with Tattingers, even though it was on NBC, we weren't surrounded by the NBC people. It was a production company run by Bruce Paltrow, who uh, right before that, he did St. Uh, Elsewhere. I don't know if you're familiar with that show. So, yeah, it was his production company that was involved with that. Uh, a lot of our, uh, our episodes were um, also directed by Timothy Van Patten, who did most of The Sopranos. Mm -hmm. um, and so this was his first directing job and it was fun watching him. Well, yeah, I mean, look at what he's done. Look at what he did for six and a half or seven seasons, depending on how you want to break down the HBO breakdown of the Sopranos with six A and six B. Um, but so working at NBC and, and starting with, with working with the USA network and then having it be acquired by NBC, what is your day-to-day -day like now? Okay, day-to-day. -day. I'm a technical operations specialist, uh, which means um, I work in the network operations center, actually the network origination center, depending on who you ask. Mm -hmm. And we are the last line of defense of eyes on the all the channels that NBC represents, which is CNBC, MSNBC, NBC Sports Network, Golf Channel, USA Network, Sci-Fi Channel, Bravo, all those shows. Mm -hmm. So my day uh, starts at 1.30 in the morning when my alarm goes off, and I report at 3 in the morning. Uh, that's when my shift starts. I work from either 3 to 10, 3 to 11, or if they have overtime, I'll take that. But basically, we're in charge of the uh, commercial integration process and making sure all the uh, programs on all these networks are airing properly with proper audio, video, graphics, everything like that. So basically, you're the you're the guys that make sure it it gets and it looks the way it's supposed to when it's supposed to on time. Down the line, absolutely. As it right before it hits your eyes, it's hitting my eyes last. Okay. And if something goes wrong, we uh, it becomes a stressful time. Uh, we have to fix whatever it is, whether it be the audio, the video, the uh, the sources uh, from this incoming satellite. We just have to have plan A, plan B, plan C, and plan D in time. Now, having that, having the position that you have, has that has there been Bethany students throughout the years that you've brought up with you to try to to to, to give them their foot in the door? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, I want to say it was about seven years ago, Emmy introduced me to a person named Jim Reeves. And he wanted to know a little bit about the business after, uh, after I talked to a class. And I said, okay, I, I, why don't you give me a call in about a week or two? Uh, he goes, okay. And then I said, better yet. Uh, I'm going to be at Bubba's in about an hour. It was a homecoming deal. I said, 
come and find me and uh, buy me a beer and we'll talk as long as the beer lasts. So three beers later, um, I liked what he had to say. And uh, I knew he would be a good fit at NBC in, the, in my department. Actually, he, um, then we put him in the sports department, but I knew he'd be a good fit. Mm -hmm. And since that project worked well, then I continued on with uh, right now, seven other Bethanians who now work at, uh, yeah, actually seven or eight Bethanians that uh, work at NBC now. Yeah, I mean, I, I know just off the top of my head, you got uh, Skip Smith, Cam Williams, Lily Knight, Cody Coleman, Nadim Radar, Katie Ballone, and I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody on that list, but I know those six because I, <laughs> a lot of them, oh, I went, a lot of them I went to school with, so it was. Well, do you know Trey? Oh, there's the seventh. That's he starts this week. <laughs> so, well, congratulations to him as well. Um, but I, I wanted to get into with with the job conversation. Uh, we talked a little bit during the break, or you talked to Tori during the break, our, our <laughs> person, marketing and everything else that she does for us. Uh, but you were talking to her about the job market right now for the not just the our industry, but the industries across the board. Uh, is there more that you'd like to elaborate on that? With the that there's yeah, as I was telling as I was telling her that um, because of COVID and because of what, how the economy is doing right now, there is a a ton of job openings everywhere. Mm -hmm. So you need to get your feet foot in the door. Um, I I recommended to her just because she wants to do branding um, to small start at a smaller uh, company. Um, and that way you could be the big fish in the small pond and therefore you can leapfrog to a different company down the road and make more money. Um, but I also told her that, uh, cause she's a senior and this is where I get in trouble with some of the professors, um, stay away from the books, get the experience. Not one person that I know in the communications department that I've known who've interviewed with these companies was ever asked their GPA. They've always asked about their experience and what they can bring to the company and how loyal and reliable they are. Those are the four things that, that are key in an interview. And so I just wish like the, the typical Bethany person who doesn't have the straight A's, like I, like I did not. Yeah. I, I relied on my experience and it's paid off tremendously over the 30 years of uh, television that I've done. Well, so in that statement, and as you said, with the with the Bethanians that that don't necessarily have the GPAs that are, you know, the sparkly, shiny, you got a distinction, all that. Um, if you were telling someone right now. They were getting ready to make their decision to go to college. Why Bethany? What makes Bethany? Because it, it is, especially for the department that we, the three of us have come out of, it, you go in day one, you can be anything you really want to be in that department. You can be on the radio, you can be on TV, you can be a writer, you can be a TD, you can be a sound guy, a graphic person. What, for you, what would be the selling point of Bethany? Um, just because other colleges that are successful it's hard for a student like me to be accepted into a college that is 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 a little tough mm -hmm. bethany is easy for me um 
to get in because I obviously lied about my GPA. Well, not GPA, but about my status of being top 25. Didn't even lie, but um, how can I say this? You get your foot in the door freshman year. If you go to Syracuse, you're not in the TV station until your senior year. If you're lucky, you don't get the experience. At Bethany, you get the experience right off the bat. And I wish uh, it was a lot easier back in the 80s and early 90s because the TV station and radio stations were pumping. Mm -hmm. yeah, the radio station was a broadcast radio station in which you had to have an FCC license to run. We had a transmitter. We had a tower we had to go visit to see where the signal was coming out of. Right now, it's all streaming. Yeah. And that's what, the, that's what the communications is now. But I really wish we could also do broadcast as well, go back to that, because that was a responsible thing we had. And when I went back to homecoming this year, I noticed that uh, there was nobody running the radio station. There should always be somebody running the radio station. It's the best type of experience you can do. Even if you play, you know, any, you know, whatever song you want, yeah. you get to, you get to, you have a platform. You get to say whatever you want, songs, whatever you want. It's great practice. It's TV station as well. Uh, when, when Cody Coleman and, and Skip and Cam were coming through NBC and, but they were in their senior year, I told them, I said, listen, Get the experience. It doesn't have to be at Bethany. It could be a wheeling. Grab, if there was a car accident on the road, grab the gear. Go shoot the car accident. They can sell it to a wheeling West Virginia TV station, and they can put that on your resume. Things like that. You got to think outside the box. Yeah, you can't. And Bethany not, gives you that. It's not all about the do a do a regular stand up where you're you know you're shooting. And today in in the fall of Bethany, we had chicken patties for lunch that that's not going to get you the same experience as actually just taking the camera and going correct uh there was two there was actually three uh quick stories that i can share with you about my experience in communications um one was the fall of 84 in which uh mary lou retton won the gold medal for jim uh, for the usa team in the olympics and she was doing a press conference in fairmont west virginia where she's from and back in the day, everyone just had their audio tape recorder underneath the table and then the microphone up on the, on the table for her to talk into. And I'll never forget, uh, I was the one responsible for our Bethany crew. And I went underneath the table and while I was setting up our audio uh, playback machine with you know, the recorder, mm -hmm. I decided to unplug everyone else's and we got the exclusive. <laughs> hey, hey. The doggy dog business, right? Think outside the box. Uh, the second uh, second story was the Bethany soccer team did very well a uh, couple years while I was at Bethany. In fact, uh, we made it to the Division III uh, playoffs, and they were in Greensboro, North Carolina. And we raised our own money to travel with the TV equipment, and we actually went to Greensboro and shot and brought it back. And within a day, we edited the whole package of the of the game even though we lost and uh we we gained experience that way well and it's interesting you bring that up because yesterday for those of you that don't know bethany and coach frankie tall who's part of our production normally but he's not here today because they won the first title in 20 years 31st title in school history and the first title for frankie since coming back to coach at bethany three years ago so 
that program is now trending back up. And they, I believe the comm department covered most of the games, if not all of them. I know Drew was at, did he go to Franciscan yesterday? He's on the team. Oh, so yeah, the guy that, the, the junior fellow, he was there to cover the game because he's on the team. So, um, but congratulations to them. And your third story. Uh, my third story was there was a Bethanian back in the day. I don't remember his name. He got in some legal trouble, and I don't want to discuss what legal trouble he did, but uh, his court appearances were in southern West Virginia, and uh, 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 I want to say two people. Uh, I was the camera guy. We had another guy with us, and then we had a lady, um, a Bethanian, who was a reporter. We jumped in a car, and we were, I want to say, I'm going to claim this, that we were the first uh west virginia uh people to have a camera inside a courtroom wow yeah now that wasn't and for, especially for that time that's not a normal that's not a normalcy like it is now Cor cameras weren't really in no the no we were the first i want to say we were the first in fact the judge was like while we were setting up he goes what's this about what are you doing because i didn't even ask permission i just started setting up and thought I could ask, uh, you know, forgiveness instead of permission. You know how that goes. And, and was, I told him, I said, well, uh, two days ago, they came out in West Virginia with a law that you can now record. And he goes, okay, have fun. Set up. And we did it. And it was great. Well, and that's got to be cool on his, it's a cool experience on his part, because he was willing to just be like, yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, not that he yeah. had to really say, because there's a law now telling him that it's a thing, but. Correct. And the, the attorneys had no problem with it, which I was uh, a little shocked about, but we just kept uh, quiet in the back, filmed away, and uh, we brought the story back and uh, we put on our, our weekday news. Well, we have come to that point. I want to say thank you very much for being a part of the show. Uh, this has been J.P. Silk, class of 1987 slash 88. I am Carlo Guadagnino. This is the Dingo Talk alumni tour. Uh, you can catch us on YouTube, uh tiktok twitter and instagram instagram is dingo underscore talk twitter is at dingo talk tiktok is at dingo talk and spot or uh youtube is dingo talk uh but again jp soap class of 1987-88 i am carla guadagnino this has been the dingo talk alumni tour and we will see you next thursday chuckleheads You wanna know by now? You wanna know by now? You wanna know? You wanna know?